before we get started on tonight's show, um, the members of the Niner Empire GB are truly a fantastic family, and we really are family. Um, the administrators of the group would like to send a huge shout out and massive, massive thank yous to the following people. Kev Nyland, Simon Holdsworth, Andrew Mitchell, Nathaniel James, Lisa Walker-Lawrence, Ross Irwin, Estelle Watts, and Anonymous. These lovely people were kind enough to reach into their pockets when we came to you with our hats in our hands asking for a small contribution to keep the podcast going. Every October we need to pay our Podbean fees so that we can continue having some place to host our show. And as you know, this is a labor of love for all of us. So the fact that you guys were so generous enough to help us keep this going really, really break, just just fills my heart with love. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys and I know everybody in this group from the top down absolutely loves what you've done and appreciates your generosity and and your willingness to to help us continue bringing this to you Um, I just can't say thank you enough I'm so thrilled with how how much you guys have just always when when we come to you have just been so generous and so caring and so kind and I want you to know how much we truly 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 appreciate you guys Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Kat Victorino and joining me today are James Little and Nathaniel James. Hey guys. Hello. Hi everyone. So um, this week the Niners were home for the Eagles and uh, yeah, we kind of lost 25 to 20 guys. Uh, Mullins was definitely not um, at his best going 18 for 26, 200 yards one touchdown, two interceptions, a 72.6 passer rating, and then he got injured, and C.J. Beathard came on board for and threw 14 of 19 for 138 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 93.8 passer rating, while the quarterback they were against, Carson Wentz, went 18 for 28, 193 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and an 81.4 passer rating. Guys, what the heck? Mobile quarterback. That's all I'm going to say. We cannot defend against a mobile quarterback. And I would argue that Carson Wentz is probably not one of the worst mobile quarterbacks. Because I think he's a decent quarterback. But I think as I think the mobility isn't his main strength of his game. He's not like Kyler Murray. He's not going to take off at that sort of speed. Um, you know, Carson Wentz is a bigger man. He's taller. He's stronger. Um, I think he's probably got a stronger arm than some of the other mobile quarterbacks. You could argue, um, but we just cannot defend against mobile quarterbacks. It's it's as plain to see to us as it is to anyone in the NFL. Um, and I think if you've got one, you stand a good chance of beating us. And I think that's reality. I'm afraid. And James, I, I guess you know you've you've pretty much hit the nail on the head. Um, what one thing that I was listening to and I, I do it every every time I don't know whether it's just a gluten a, I'm a gluten for bad punishment or just the fact that I I guess in a sense I don't know maybe I want some answers or you know because I, I was I was really pissed after the game to be honest I didn't stay up I mean you know I'm not in a sense I'm glad you know 1 20 in the morning 
to, to watch that and then sort of see, you know, and I don't know whether you, you did or not. Um, did you or? I didn't know. I was, I, I wasn't very well on Sunday. I was going to go on the live with Deepak, but I had, I was sitting watching them. Um, Red Zone, and I just had a bit of a headache, and I just, I, <coughs> without going into my medical history, I just thought it was best to take myself <laughs> off to bed, but what I did do was wake up at uh, 6 o'clock because I went to bed so early, and thankfully, the one, the one well, I said the one bit of credit I'll give them, that I was able to watch the game in full on Game Pass from 6 in the morning, so I did that, and I was working from home anyway, so I managed to fit the game in before I started work, so I was quite lucky, I say lucky, I was I was probably, yeah, I was able to gauge the reaction when everyone woke up, and I didn't manage, didn't have to stay up. Well, okay, Steve Holmes posted in the group some of the positives because he, you know, you remember during the dark days how I kept harping about how we wanted to keep the the podcast upbeat and positive. I don't know if our listeners knew that, but now they do. But I, I really tend to agree with Steve. The return of Debo was a huge plus. That definitely showed you definitely could see the energy was was creeping back up because Debo was back. Steve goes on to say he shows glimpses of his great talent. I hope it was always Kyle's plan to give him a taste of action in the first half and then withdraw him to prevent any possibility of injury before the Dolphins game. The other positive, obviously, Kittle's return, having Ayuk on the field and Hyder. Yeah, and I think we'll take that going into next week, won't we? I think absolutely we're going to see more of Debo next week. I think we all knew what he was doing with Debo, and I don't think there'd be one person out there that disagreed. You know, we've got to tread carefully with these marquee guys. I mean... We've just seen what we've been through without them. But, I mean, isn't everybody entitled to an off game? I mean, Mullins has been pushed into this this spotlight again. And, you know, we know he's solid. He's a solid backup. Absolutely. He had a bad game. No preseason. I think, yeah, no preseason is showing to me, especially without him. I haven't watched too many other games other than Red Zone, to be honest. But... It, to me, it's just showing how important preseason actually is. A lot of people don't watch preseason and go, "Oh, it's not the re- it's not real football." It's not. It just goes to show for me how important it is. People like Mullins and uh, Bethard, and you know the third and second and third stringers that we're now seeing playing regular season games would have had time in the preseason to warm up on you, do you know what I mean to get more familiar with everything more comfortable with it right well and the second team gets a lot of reps during the preseason and that's where Mullins experience comes from but I wanted to talk about the receivers because I was so excited Debo was back he went three for 35 yes uh, last week 11 and a point seven yards uh, per catch a long of 17 and he looked pretty good it was good to have Debo back and doing the Debo thing, really, wasn't it? it you know, he he came off of he came on the field and he, he played, you know, really, really good. And it was good to see Ayuk. Now, I all right, we've not really we've seen little glimpses of him. <laughs> when I saw it, I could not believe that. I mean, that was one heck of a <laughs> when he a high leapt jump, over the defender, the high <laughs> jump over the defender. He's done that his entire career, guys. I saw high school footage on Twitter of him doing that. I saw it as well, and the drills. Did you see uh, from the college? They were doing uh, pre-game college drills, and he was known for doing that. And he used and 
he used to wind up the defensive players doing it. So I don't know if he's got an, a, a track and field background, but it certainly looked like he had. And of course, George Kittle was the primary target for receiving 15 for 80, 183 yards, 12.2 average, long of 38 with his touchdown. So you've got Debo, you've got Ayuk, you've got Kittle, but we're still spreading the ball pretty well. Jet got seven catches for 43 yards. Kendrick Bourne got three, you know, so you get little bits here and there. Um, Nat, you wanted to talk about the rusher. Yeah, I mean, what one thing I did want to point out, and that's that's something just going back to what what you were saying, uh, James. Um, uh, gluten the bar, bad punishment. Just going back to what I was mentioning. I like to watch Shanahan the post, you know, post game interviews and following up, you know, a couple of days later. And um, Kyle Shanahan was put on the spot, and I th- this was um, a question that was aimed. I think it was the day before yesterday from one of the analysts. Kyle was asked, is there anything schematically that needs to be adjusted when facing mobile mobile quarterbacks going forward? Now, Kyle was kind of, um, yes, definitely, you have to adjust that. But adjusting it doesn't get the results. That got run at us twice before um, it was correctly adjusted on the third time. And, you know, obviously there was one situation where it happened in the third quarter. You always got to make those adjustments and be ready for it. I'm just disappointed that we didn't make the adjustments immediately as this is something we need to adjust and we are, and we are ready for when it goes into training or into games. So, I mean, what, I, I thought it was a really, really good question and it just, it put Kyle on, on the spot in a sense because, you know, you, you spoke about it last year. We struggled with, with mobile quarterbacks and we struggled with, you know, having that, that sort of situation and also... We struggled with it in the first game and doesn't see... I mean, obviously, we, we've... You know, we, we kept, you know, take it in mind, we, we have got, had some injuries which have an impact. But even with those injuries, I think there's been times, even last year, when we've had, you know, we've, we've played teams with Wilson and, you know, kind of other quarterbacks. It is a struggle for us in terms of maintaining and managing it. And I think, in a sense, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe... We're just cursed with with regards to mobile quarterbacks, but it it just it has such an impact on on how we're playing. And I I guess one thing that I also kind of noted was I mean obviously you know we have that over reliance on Kittle and Samuel. In in theory, they are the the guys that are are receiving. You know, they're they're our receivers really, aren't they? Um, and, and we have limited available. I mean, all right, we we. We occasionally throw it to Kendrick Bourne, but I don't think there's enough trust in, in Bourne at times. And in a sense, I don't think we've really seen, and, and, and that was something that Kyle picked up on, on on that game. From a running perspective, there wasn't really anything. I mean, all right, four, 14 for 54 yards by McKinnon. Wilson had three for six yards. And obviously McKinnon scored a touchdown. But in, in really, there wasn't a great deal of production from from our running backs it would have took pressure off the quarterback if we, every time i see our quarterback struggle whether it be whoever's in there to be honest we've seen them all struggle haven't we at times different games every time i see them struggle i just think do what we did last year in the playoff just run the ball down there throat. we know we can do it but then that being said for me the o-line who we've got Trent Williams, who's supposed to be the best left tackle in the league, and Mark McGlinchey's also supposed to be the best, one of the best in his position. They're getting, they're getting beat for me against against Eagles. They got beat so many. I was, I was watching. I was thinking, are they injured? 
what's going on? These guys are just running past them, around them, and through them at times. So for me, I think the O-line this season, despite the players who are on that O-line, have have struggled. It feels like defenders are getting through the line way too quickly. Like there's not enough closure. Now I do take take issue with um, that we didn't run enough. Two of our touchdowns were scored were rushing touchdowns. You know we only scored three touchdowns. One was a receiving touchdown. The other two were rushing. So I think we got away from the rush game too much during that game. I think we relied way too heavily on trying to get it to Kittle. And I see what what Shanny's trying to do, but. I think the quarterbacks need to really start looking at their progressions and I'm not seeing them look at their progressions and that's part of what's driving me nuts. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah all three quarterbacks, all three quarterbacks, not just Jimmy, not just Nick, all three of them, CJ too. And I don't know if that is a learned trait or if that is just panic in the pocket or if you know I I just I feel like we've got all these weapons and we're only concentrating on a couple of them. And those are the two that are going to get the crap beat out of, pardon my language, because everybody's going to know, okay, he's going to go for Kittle or he's going to go for uh, McKinnon or, you know, and so they're going to get plastered. Well, look at the interception, the one that looked, it looked like he threw it straight to him, but all the linebackers, straight at him. All the linebackers did was adjust to see where his favorite target was. And he thought, well, he's going to throw it to him. I know he's going to throw it to him. And all he did was take three or four steps to the left or right, whichever way it was. And it looked like he yes. mulling through it directly to him. And it was a bad interception, a bad interception. No getting away from yeah. it. Yeah. But all he was doing was going through his first read and throwing. Like, there's George Bank. 85, there he is. And you're right. He needs to see that. And you miss the guy underneath. And, and the fact that that front five and the, the collapse of what was happening and going back to that offensive line, that was obviously having an impact and it was putting pressure, you know, it was definitely putting pressure on Mullins and I, I think, you know, could argue that that could be the same for, you know, Jimmy G, you know, if he's under pressure, we've seen it before when he's played against Seattle and that, that was the thing, you need, you know, that sort of offensive line to stop and, and maintain and, and manage that pressure well look at this the eagles sacked mullins four times and bethard once that's five sacks that o-line gave up o-line simply not good enough not good enough for the players that are there i could understand if the o-line was built up more of you know as we're seeing with the rest of the team second and third stringers but they're not i mean trent williams and mark McClinchy, we would say the first two names on the team sheet well i still want to tout a couple of the positives that came out of it um, Eric Armstead led the team with nine tackles in the game. We did sack Wentz three times. DJ Jones, Taylor, and Hyder and Armstead split one. You know, Armstead had a career high, eight quarterback pressures. And I'm seeing a lot of criticism from the Empire on Eric Armstead. And I don't see any reason why. You know, I, I think he's still pretty solid. Everyone wants him to be like Buckner was last season. Right, and he's not Buckner. And he's not, no. no. Everyone goes, well, we chose to keep Armstead instead of Defoe, so we should be doing this. Well, hang on. <laughs> wasn't his choice, was it? Um, he's just doing his job. And now all of a sudden, everybody's on the Jimmy bandwagon again. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jet is the first Niner since Jerry Rice back in 1991 to get a touchdown in each of the first four games of the season. <laughs> wow. No pressure, Jet. <laughs> Okay, so now I know why he didn't play for two years and was on our injured reserve. Now I get it. Now I get it. Now I get why Shanny wanted him so bad. Now I get it. 
<laughs> you know that I said it, Kat. You know, and I called it in the first. I, I called it first. I said I'm looking forward to seeing Jet come back and actually play. You did, and he's played every single game. Every single game scores a touchdown. I, I mean, yep. he's, he's playing. Uh, he is playing out of his socks. He's doing everything that Shani believed that he could do in terms of being able to block. He's been able to catch. He's been able to run. He's scored touchdowns. He's done everything. You know, he's he's admitted that he's taken a, a you know a little bit of a pay cut in order to do it all right he's been missing for two years but he's you know in a sense it's just been unlucky that obviously he hasn't actually been injured and we've not actually seen him play but certainly you know i i do like the, the way that he plays he, he is really really good and I, you know that's that's the reason that i've got him on on my fantasy yeah defensively i'd also like to bring that i i thought another guy that really really stepped up that's the heart and soul of this defense and the guy that is playing and he's doing really really well is fred warner i really oh, like the way that he's playing because he's he is coming with passion and he was after he, he was just he was really annoyed he was really excuse my french he was pit, he angry was pissed. he was pissed he said i don't yeah. want to do it i you know i've got to look in the mirror and i've got to look at and and I just think, yeah, what a passionate man that to, to to do that and to actually explain that and just just to to be there and sort of say because he takes the responsibility, you know. All right, I and I, I thought, yeah, you've had a really, you know, he's had a really good get, but we've got to think of it as a team and and you know he does take it that res- responsibility and that role, being one of the captains and he takes he wants to pr- produce and and go <laughs> from there. So yeah. He stepped up and took the, you know, stepped up as a leader on the defense more than like Quan Alexander. And I thought he was, you know, Quan was the hype man. And he's been, well, I suppose Warner's done so well, it's probably overshadowed him a little bit. But uh, yeah, I expected Quan to be more that than Warner because he's been in the league longer and he's more experienced. Warner currently leads the team with 32 tackles, 20 of them solo, and 12 assisted. Yeah, the man's a leader. He has every right to be pissed because he's working his tail off. I did see that somebody said about, can the linebackers stop looking for the flashy play and make a tackle? And I thought, that's incredibly harsh. For me, the linebackers have been, especially Warner, have been solid all season. Even when we've had such a, you know, a, a loss like we've just had, Fred Warner was outstanding. Well, the, the secondary is pretty well known for not wrapping up. You know, the catch is made and he starts running down the field and our defenders are just not wrapping him up. They're, I don't know, going for the ball, trying to get the fumble, trying to get the the interception, whatever. We need to stop those chains from moving is what we need to do first. That has to be the first priority. And let's be honest, we don't play the game, so we don't know how hard it is to, you know, make those adjustments on the fly. You know, the inexperience of, you know, and the fact that, all right, we've, we've got to take it into put it into re- realistic you know terms here some of these guys they've not actually played in um you know a kind of an nfl nfl game they've not had the preseason, the benefit of a preseason, in order to get well i could say semi-adjusted to the to the game um up to an nfl sort of standard and if you like but um yeah, it, it it will be interesting. I think from a secondary perspective, we I felt like we really do need our team to step up, and we hopefully, I mean, we're waiting on a lot of more experienced players to come back out of injury, and hopefully um, later on today um, we'll be able to know. I mean, I, I think hopefully Sherman might be back. I mean, I, I don't think it's hard to know, isn't it? But 
until they make that announcement, which they don't have to make any announcement until I believe Saturday at the latest. And I don't think Kyle's really overly convinced that, you know, some of the players, you know, sort of will be back. They don't know. They're not sure whether Jimmy or, you know, or, or Sherm will be back or, you know, some of the other guys that are still, you know, you know, they, they can still play this season. Our new friend, Rich Noonan, he asks, Seattle Rams and the Cardinals, are they all as strong as they've appeared the opening four weeks? And who will fade as the season goes on? What do you think, guys? I have to admit that the Seahawks, to me, look pretty Super Bowl bound, I have to admit, due to Superman Wilson. And um, I love watching him play football, but they, they've they invested a lot in win now, haven't they? They've given up a lot for Jamal Adams, who looks, you know, looks, well, he looks fantastic from what I've seen. We're in the toughest division in the sport. It's it's fact. We, we, we are, there is not a bad team in our division, in my opinion. There's not a bad team in our division. I'm going to say the same thing I said before we started recording. It's only week five. (laughs) Let's not panic. But in answer to Rich's question, Nat, what do you think? I think think the Seattle is always going to be a contender. I think, yeah, I think with with Seattle, you've got to look. They are a really, they were well, (laughs) they're a good team, aren't they? They they have got really, I mean, Wilson's, you know, you, you can't not say he, he is one of the best quarterbacks isn't he in the league and I as much as you don't want to admit it you you know you don't because he's obviously pained us in through the last you know sort of well the last few years um but I think yeah I think Seattle are gonna obviously I think they're really really strong and I think you know they are going to be the number you know they're going to be the team at the top of this 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 division I think that potentially I think Rams have not, at times I've thought, mm, they've not that, I mean, they're, they're not, not much has changed with regards to, I, I don't think much has changed from last season with regards to them. They might, I, I think there's a possibility that they might fade away. I think the Cardinals, you know, they did, did, did beat us. They've, they've um, invested in, you know, their, their, their wide receivers. So, yeah, I think potentially we could be seeing at this stage, I mean, hopefully... We will get some players back. Um, we are, as you mentioned, Kat, we're only week five. But I think Rams, I think are one, the one, I think if I was going to put a bold prediction on it, I think the Rams are actually going to be the team that fades on as the season goes on. That's exactly, yeah, no, that's how I feel. I, I just, just feel that they're not, yeah. I don't think they're anything, you know, once, once you kind of get, once people get settled and it gets, you know, you, you're getting into the real nitty gritty of the, as the, as the season goes on, thing, things happen. I just, I don't know why. I think the Rams are just one of those teams that will fade away as the season goes on. I feel like Seattle is still at that high caliber level that they've been at the last few years. I feel like the Rams are on the upswing, but they're not there yet. So I think they'll be the ones to fade first. And I think the Cardinals are on the upswing, and I think they're a lot closer than the Rams. And I, so the Cardinals and Seattle and the Seahawks are the two that make me the most nervous. Uh, but again, it is the NFC West. It is the toughest division in the NFL. Rob Newell asks, why do the squad players step up when Kittle is out, but as soon as he's back, leave it to George? Is that because he can carry three defenders 25 yards down the field while he's carrying <laughs> the ball? Is that it? Are they letting him do it all, or is the person who takes possession of the ball before anyone else picking him first among anyone else? Exactly. That's my <laughs> thing. I don't think they're letting him do it 
you know, letting George take the team. I think George is taking the team and I think whoever's in quarterback is going to let him do it. Perhaps you could use it as a criticism to the rest of the team, like Rob said, you know. Are they? Are they? I don't think they are. I think it's, it is the fact that whoever's, you know, in, in the pocket receiving the ball, they're going to look for 85 and see what 85's doing. But if the quarterback is only looking at 85, those few times that he doesn't look at 85 and then the receiver drops the ball, you kind of start to wonder, you know, maybe the quarterback doesn't have any confidence in the in those receivers with those drops. I guess it could be the fact that he is, as you've mentioned, James, it could be the fact that, you know, whichever quarterback it is, whether it's Jimmy or whether it's um, Mullins, he, they are looking necessarily at kill. But then I, I guess it also you've, you've got to think about the, the, the wide receiver, kind of what, what what's happening. You know, you, you mentioned about the 80s. You had Rice, Taylor, Craig, Rathman and Jones all in their top of their percentage of their positions, which was quite a, a stable kind of call. But... I think it's quite hard really isn't it when you know from from one week to the next I mean you know you get rid of Mohammed Sanu um, <laughs> which disorientates everybody because then you think and I, I, all right I, I'm, I'm still trying to think what the heck happened there why did you even bother bringing him in was it the fact that there was a shortage of players you know he, he's he's an experienced guy and he only was able to play in, in theory two games all right the first game he came in and and he did a little bit, but he didn't do much, much, much did he? He didn't do masses. So I, I guess it's a long, you know, we, we, yeah, I can see what you're saying, Rob, around it being that particular guy. You know, they think, oh, yeah, let's throw the kiddle, let's throw the kiddle, let's throw the kiddle. But I guess also it's about thinking about, you know, having the stability at wide receivers and knowing what, what's going on. Steve Panda Richardson asks, after his injury, will Ziggy ever be able to play the Qatar again? And then seriously asks, <laughs> did, did we, no, you like that. Yeah. So here's the real question. Did we as fans underestimate the Eagles because of their record? Yeah, Mullins' inter- interceptions uh, definitely scuppered the comeback. But did the Eagles play better than a winless team? Yeah, they, they are. I think they are a better team than their record suggests. Yeah, I think it's it's they've put a, they've put a lot of criticism on Wentz, and um, it's I don't know. I, yeah, they're a better team than their record suggests for me. They certainly looked it against us anyway. Their defensive line looks very very capable, very capable. Or was it our O line was not so capable? I don't know, but they do look better than their record suggests. I think um, people need to remember that the Eagles actually went to the Super Bowl. Was it two years ago, and they actually won it against the Patriots? Yeah, against the it's Patriots. It's currently on NFL Network now. <laughs> if you want, if you want to put it up, I don't. I don't really. <laughs> but no, I, I think that, that you know, obviously, nothing's really going to change. All right, they had they had some difficulties last year, the Eagles, because they, they they was um, they had the um, all, all on was it all or nothing or hard not? I think it was all or nothing. Um, documentary on 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 the Eagles and the fact that they, you know, obviously were that they had that that there was quite a bit of pressure on them to to, to playing and, and get back to, to to performing and everything and they had a lot of injuries and very similar to I guess in a sense what we had but yeah I mean they have they have got a good good defense they are they are they had had a good team they you know in a sense they did in a, unfortunately outplay us on 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 Sunday and that's all it takes. You know, they just got to outplay us. 
Uh, Gareth Smith asks, and he, he acknowledges, this is a pure panic mode possible overreaction question, but is McGlinchey on bust watch? No. I think it's too soon in his career, number one. You've got to, yeah, I think the loss of Joe will have hit Mike McGlinchey more than anyone else from what I could tell. So if he has, if he is having bad games, and I certainly think he had one last week, you've got to give him, he's not a bust. You can't say he's a bust yet. So what I'll say with McGlinchey, would, would he get in other teams in that position straight away? Yes. So I don't think he's a bust yet. He's had a bad game. Yeah, they did, and they admitted that he had a bad game. Uh, I think McGlinchey is not not a bust. I think we just, you know, it, it is difficult, and we just need to take into consideration. All right, that we, we've we've kind of we've had we've had the last two games have been reasonably good. All right, upsetting the fact that we've lost some players, but you know, we we we, we are quite early on into this to the season. We've not had a preseason as well, which has had an impact on on the you know all the, all the players no no matter what what team you watch so yeah too early Deepak Gohill asks Shani has stated clearly that Garoppolo will be QB1 uh, but until he returns who starts now Mullins or CJ Mullins for me because I have said previously and I'll stand by what I've said previously even though he didn't do too badly when he came on I've previously said that I didn't really want to see CJ Beathard in the 49ers jersey again because he was really bad let's not forget how bad he was guys um, so for me as what I've seen overall from both of those quarterbacks for me it's Nick Mullins yeah I, th- I think Mullins has is a is a better I mean he has performed better um, you know sort of and he's he's always prepared himself quite well he didn't prepare himself very well this <laughs> this week um just gone um but yeah i think he's he's definitely the the better better quarterback kyle was asked who's going to start this week whether it would be it would be nick or cj and I, I guess he was sort of saying it's it's quite difficult to 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 establish and it to, to know who who he was going to do and what was going to happen it would be dependent on what happens in practice up to the week so I don't know really, I, but I think I, I think in, if we're still without Garoppolo, I think we we need to we need to put um, Mullins in there again. Well, speaking of Sunday, we are welcoming in the Miami Dolphins to Levi Stadium, and we're also going to say hello to our cheetah. Matt Breda will be returning to San Francisco since being traded to the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins lead our this series against us all time 7-6, with the Niners losing three of the last four meetings. <laughs> that doesn't bode well. The last meeting was a 31-24 win for the Dolphins in Week 12 of 2016 in Miami, when Kaepernick threw a touchdown to Hyde, Selleck, and Torrey Smith was just not enough for the Niners to win. So what do you think, guys? What are we looking at this week? I'm thinking that... I, I, I don't know. I've just got a horrible fear. We know how quick he is. We know how quick he is. And um, if he breaks through our defensive line, gets past Warner, I don't think many, one, many people are going to catch him. I just... I, he hasn't, for me... I've only kept an eye on him because he's been on my fantasy team. And I don't think he's done an awful lot of the Dolphins yet. So I'm just fearful of this week, to be honest with you. So, yeah... No, I don't think he has done a great deal. And to be honest, when I watched the I watched the highlights of the um, Seahawks game, 
um, it seemed to me that they, they, they were sort of more reliant on Gaskin as the running back. I think this guy's quite quite powerful. He's, he's quite a strong guy. Um, he has this ability of kind of penetrating um, an, an offensive line and, and doing some good things. I mean, all right, he didn't do masses against Seattle, but, you know, Seattle were pretty much all over them. Um, I mean, I think one thing we've got to be fearful of is that the Dolphins, you know, that they, they did actually keep... Seattle up to the third quarter 17 to 12 um, and then in the fourth quarter it all broke down but uh, yeah they're a young team and obviously I think you've got Fitzpatrick haven't you as well which I think is quite an experienced quarterback so it'll be interesting Um, I think if if we give him room and, and the other thing is I think he can turn into this guy that can be you know he can come if he can come out of the pocket and he can actually be in a situation where he's mobile and he'll be be able to run and penetrate through through things so that's again a danger for for us if we don't learn to 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 contain contain him soon enough so i guess you know what 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 i'm saying is you know gaskin and um and fitzpatrick you know they they seem to be doing quite quite they've done quite they're they're the (laughs) the offense as far as i'm aware miami are a young team well the thing that scares me is um they were leading Seattle most of the game, but uh, Seattle's a fourth quarter team. We're not a fourth quarter team. We have to be up. We've got to be up by two scores. Well, yeah, two scores. We've got to be up two scores earlier. We've got enough to beat them. We really have. What we're eight and a half point favorites for the game. So, and we Debo should be fitter this week. George shouldn't have to do as much. You know, Debo should help him out. We've all seen that Ayuk is starting to look, you know, well, he looks like he's a great pick, let's be honest. So we've got the weapons. It's really going to be down to the quarterback play for me. Um, I think everything is there in place to to make, not so much make a statement because we don't really need to make a statement, but it would be nice to, be nice to get a, another 36 to 9. We need to get our feet under us again is what it is. You know, we need to get our confidence back. We need to start building. We've got some really tough games coming up. Uh, what have we got? The Dolphins and the Rams. The Rams is not going to be an easy game at all. It's going to be a very tough game, actually, thinking about that. But we're talking about the Dolphins. I think we've got enough to beat the Dolphins. Yeah. Got, to be honest, that's 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 my attitude now, Kat. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I was, you know, I was looking to the end of the season thinking thinking i hope all this coronavirus rubbish gets out of the way because i want to go to liverpool again not drink as much as i did last time but anyway (laughs) (laughs) famous last words everyone but now with everything you know it's one game we've got to take it one game at a time my opinion is we've got enough to beat the dolphins but it's going to heavily weigh on whoever's quarterback it really is i think our defense will do well against you know two three sacks i can see Again, just an injuries. I'd just like to get through this game without another injury. It'd be nice because we lost what we lost Ziggy. I think we've we lost Witherspoon as well. I think it was Witherspoon, wasn't it? So I just let's just get through this game with a you know two score win and no injuries. The Dolphins are twenty fourth in the NFL, averaging twenty three point two points per game. The Niners are eleventh in the NFL, averaging twenty six point eight points per game. So we're better than them. So we have that. Yeah. We are better. <laughs> let's not be. We are better than them. Come on, we are. I mean, they, they're not the team they were last year. They were horrible, horrific at times last year. 
they're not as bad as that. Like you say, I watched the highlights against the Seahawks, and they did really well until, you know, I just don't want to be going into the fourth quarter with a similar situation with our team. Like you say, we really do struggle late on in games. We've got to get this one wrapped up. You know, we can all feel a bit more relaxed at halftime when we've got a two score on them. It'd be quite nice. I think we just, yeah, I think you're right, Joe. I think we just need to put like, last week's game behind us. I think, in in essence, we we they, they, I'm sure, I, I'm sure every team, every player on the, you know, on our team felt really, really gutted after the last, you know, and they even Carl mentioned that they were just angry, upset, and not not happy with regards to the performance because it was a very, very winnable game. But I think moving forward, I mean, we're at home. It's our. It's it, this is our house, isn't it? And we, we, you know, that we're more than capable of winning this game. You know, it's on the team to to, to perform and, and get to, to you know play to the standard that we know that they're they're capable of. So yeah, I, I think we can definitely win this. I hope that you know we, they they might come. You know, they they the Dolphins are. You know, they they're going to be. They're they're going to be just as you know in that situation where they think that they can you know take it, but I think we we we've we've got the advantage over them. Um, you know we we are a more experienced team and we can we can, we can play. All right, we've got some players missing, but defensively, I think you know if we can con- contain and and stop Gaskin and you know get you know we need to stop this mobile quarterback stuff because I think Fitzpatrick will if he comes out of the pocket I think he will definitely you know he will he'll he'll run it so again we've just got to make sure that we contain Gaskin and Fitzpatrick probably gonna come away with you know at least I'll, I'll say yeah I'll say two scores as well James but let's come out and let's be in a situation where we can come away from this game and we can actually focus because we've got some real tough games coming up after after Miami and you know in terms of the the Rams New England Seattle Green Bay the Saints and then the Rams again and then also Buffalo so we, we've got some really really hard games coming up haven't we but we've just got to make sure that we maintain and go into that situation and come in hungry and, and play more po- with more positivity than what we did um, on, on Sunday I think yeah I think the end, for me the secondary and the coverages have got to be on point Ryan Fitzpatrick nobody thinks of Ryan Fitzpatrick as a great quarterback but he's done he's done it he's won games and done well at whatever team he's been on and he went to Harvard he's a very intelligent man I can guarantee you that man that man will be going through each and every one of his progression and reads. I can guarantee that. So our coverages and our secondary have got to be on point against him. But yeah, our, our coverage has got to be on point because he's an intelligent quarterback. He's been in the game for ages. He's played on so many different teams. Played against so you know see he's seen been been there, done it all, seen it all. And I think our secondary is going to have to be on point and make sure those coverages are in place. All right, guys. It's time to play the two-minute drill. I've got two minutes on the clock. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sorry about this, guys. In 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 mine and Nathaniel's defense, we've not been on in a couple of weeks. <laughs> this is true. You guys haven't been around in a while. <laughs> All right. So two minutes on the clock. Let's go. James. Will Ayuk get more targets as a runner or as a receiver this week? Ooh, tough question. Uh, With Debo coming back, receiver. But I expect to see both of them motioning in the backfield, doing the sort of trickery that we saw him score touchdown with last week. So, short answer, receiving. Okay. 
Nat, with Ziggy Answer out for the season, do we get another replacement or do we go with what we've got? Unfortunately, I think we're we're in that situation where we 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 really have no, and it's actually quite a good question. But uh, I'm going with Carl's answer because I learned it. He said that basically you you're you're gonna have, and I'm gonna try and keep this within. I know it's only two minutes, but basically there's not much much out there in terms of you know having um you know in in his position and everything. And with COVID testing, I, unfortunately, I don't think we've really got the option of, of it. And there there is that sort of two day sort of thing where you've actually got to be tested and all, 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 all sort of things so my answer is no I, th I think we're just gonna have to stick with what we've got James are we finding it harder to win at home because there's no fans Oof. I don't think it's just us I think that I think the I think any sport that is currently being undertaken at the minute I think a lot of uh, not to take it away from the NFL, but in the other sport that we have that's popular over here, things are also a little bit mental in terms of results. So I think no fans in uh, in stadiums has an impact, certainly. Um, and yeah, I would say that, yeah, yes. Short answer, yes, Kurt. <laughs> Nat, do you think the league will get finished this year, or will the increased cases of COVID spell the end? No, I think the, the, the league will, will finish this year. Um, what It might be a bit different because um, obviously we need to take into consideration COVID testing um, and obviously that's going to have it, that does have an impact on teams playing. But um, yeah, just hopefully, you know, just need to increase the testing, make sure that these people wear the um, correct bracelets and gear around tests, you know. <coughs> so I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll, we'll probably, yeah, we will see the end of this league and it will finish this year. And we are out of time. Well, is there anything else we need to go over? No, I think we've, me and Nat have spoke quite a long time. Well, then, on that note, it's time to say goodbye, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Andy Mitchell, Daryl Nils Hanman, Deepak Gohill, Graham Ross, James Little, Jason Argo, Mark Lyon, Nathaniel James, Neil Jepson, Paul McDonald, Rob Newell, Ross Irwin, Simon Holdsworth, and Stephen Box for all the work they do on the show and in the group. My apologies if I missed anyone. And if you would like to be involved in the show, just let us know. We're always looking for members to help out, contribute, or appear on the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB, and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire GB. Be sure you check out the Frequency 49 blog on Podbean or your favorite podcast site. You can also email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. On behalf of James Little and Nathaniel James, I'm Kat Victorino. Enjoy this week's game. Go Niners, and thank you for listening.